Hello and welcome to the India Dunn & Company podcast. In today's conversation, I'm speaking with Evan Stowers of St. George, Utah, owner of Desert Lounge Salon, father, husband, amazing hairdresser. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and hearing what it took for Evan to embrace who he is behind the chair, on the stage, and in the salon. Welcome to the India Dunn & Company podcast. Today, I am having a conversation with Evan Stowers. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> good. In truth, listeners, we are having technical difficulties, and this is the, I don't know, sixth time we've tried this. So at, let's, at least. let's pray to the podcast, technical gods, that all is well and that we continue this conversation for a good amount of time so we can hear your whole story. Okay. I blame the, I, honestly, the iPhone okay. gods. But all right. We can blame the iPhone. I'm fine with that. Ooh, I don't know. Let's, let's be nice to him so now it might work. Okay. Karma. Our, Okay, what do you want to know? So I just want people to know about how you began this. And I love your story um, from start to finish. It's about you telling us um, how you became the artist that you are today. Very cool. Okay, so um, I'm going to try to like try to be succinct because that's like a not a skill of mine, as you can already tell. <laughs> okay. Um, I have had a communication professor tell me that I talk like I like by using a fire hose, I just spray it at somebody. (laughs) So uh, we'll work on that and then hopefully we'll all technically be okay. So um, I think you asked me where I'm from. Yes. Where I'm living. Where you are. Where I am. And I am in St. George, Utah. So we are close to Zion National Park and we're two hours above Las Vegas. So that's the easiest way to put us on the map. Love it. Um, We're right down at the border of Utah. Um, Used to be very much a retirement community. I call us the Palm Springs of Utah. (laughs) Just just trying to get that out there. Um, Though we do lack a lot of modern beautiful architecture so anyways that's where Uh I am okay yeah so I'm in St. George Utah and originally I'm from Anaheim California I moved from Anaheim when I was eight up to Salt Lake City so I'm basically a Salt Lake Cityan (laughs) Um, (laughs) and then I came down to St. George minus a year that I lived in Missouri, but we can talk about that in a minute Uh, in 2011. And I've been here kind of ever since. And I mean, (laughs) did you bring, I I feel like you've got a lot of California boy in you because you just seem like you belong here sometimes. Yeah. I just have really California has always resonated with me. We always vacation to California. Um, My mom like I grew up like my mom hated the snow. She's mm. ingrained that in me. Uh, finally, after like 30 years um, or 25 years, actually, has figured out, OK, well, we're not going to move back to California. But it was always like a thing. <laughs> and uh, so we spent all of our vacations in California. Um, and I think I just I resonate with the people there. A lot mm-hmm. of my good friends I've met, like you and people through Instagram, 
are very much West Coast people. Um, I don't know. Maybe you guys get me. I don't know. I'm yes, kind of an interesting guy. So, <laughs> and other people are like, you're kind of weird. I don't. I don't know. Well, you got to have a little bit of both, or you're not an artist. Right. 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 I totally agree. So you grew up playing music and that was really where your heart was when you were younger. But your mother, you said your mother's a hairdresser. So you just, it's in your blood. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. It's like cooking spaghetti. You just know how to do it. Yeah, actually, which is great because I, um, I didn't learn a lot of technical training till later. I did a lot of, I guess what people would call free form cutting Mm -hmm. um, because I really just started at 12 messing around with my own hair, mostly with guards, mostly doing a little detail work with scissors um, and then getting into color, looking at what looked too green to me, what looked red to me. Um, And I really didn't have any technical training until, oh man, probably my first salon, to be honest with you. Wow. Yeah. So I would say I'm grateful that at least got me that far being in my blood Um, (laughs) (laughs) because I'm, I'm left-handed. Oh, wow. Okay. And nothing against, I mean, if anybody's had a different experience of mostly you're left-handed being taught by right-handed teachers. Mm -hmm. And I always learned guitar by right-handed teacher. I was just a mirror image. I could pick up on what they were doing. Oh, wow. Right. But it was always funky for a right-handed person to be teaching me something. And so learning how to do the A-line, which was really, really popular when I was in school, was super hard. Um, Nobody could quite figure out how to actually teach me how to do it (laughs) Um, until I got into my first salon and I worked with who's still a big mentor of mine named Shauncey Hildebrandt. And she like broke down the structure of cutting for me. And before Mm. that, I really just kind of winged it. Was she at Taylor Andrews? Uh, No. So she was, uh, she used to work with, with logics and matrix. She was an educator for them. Um, My very first salon was in Layton, Utah. And I worked um, under a bunch of logics and matrix educators. Um, Christopher Benson, who's the global director Mm. of matrix worked there. Um, that's like where he like, um, did hair when he wasn't creating. And so, but, and Shauncey was on his team and she was a big, uh, influential part of how I like learned how to cut of just breaking things down. Um, I still, now I, I do a lot of like technical merge with Freeform, but I, I Mm. learned the actual structure through her, which was awesome. So, so cool. Yeah, like in school, it was great. It was more, um, more creative based. Um, and I don't fault that in the school. I think it's just very hard to teach a left-handed person. Yeah. And, um, and then I had somebody that really like took the time with me when I didn't have clients. We worked on mannequins and she just broke down sectioning and how to do it like more than one way. So then I could wrap my mind around it and actually learn how to cut something. Yeah, I mean, just to be able to um, soak up what the teacher's giving, you know, as to a group, I, I can't imagine like having to turn everything around. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, which was, I mean, then I ended up teaching in other schools, and I had to look at that. 
And mm-hmm. um, I ended up teaching at Paul Mitchell and I actually taught at Taylor Andrews in St. George. And, uh, you know, I had to kind of look at teaching from their perspective and it gave me a little bit more empathy, a lot more patience to be like, okay, they, I get it, but they don't get it, but I need to switch now my frame of reference to be a little bit more right-handed and kind of show them how to do things. That's uh, so just, cool. Yeah. Just cause I didn't, I, not that I didn't get that training. I just think that it was very difficult for um, people to communicate that mm-hmm. um, when I was in school. So I, I did a lot more highlighting, more coloring instead. Okay. Yeah. So how did you, how long had you been doing hair when you got into teaching? <laughs> wow. um, yeah. Right. So, oh God, that's a story. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Okay. So I know before we talked um, and I'll try to, I'll make this like a little bit more like succinct as the word of the day, but <laughs> I actually did a little bit of my schooling when I was 18 and then I stopped and pursued music. And then I went back to Taylor Andrews when I, I think I was 22, finished my education there. And then I went and worked up in Layton. And I actually was only there for like 10 months. Um, I was an assistant. Um, to be honest, that was my second job because I got hired wow. at my first job and I made it a month. Be- and I was like <laughs> super stressed out. I super anxious. Like the lady that hired me was like, believed in me way more than I believed in myself. And she like threw me all these really cool things. And I just like was so nervous about it. So Mm, I quit, I quit that job after a month and I went up and I assisted and then I would take a client like one day a week. Right. So I did a lot of assisting and that's where my, my mentors kind of came about the owner. Her name was Tanya and then Shauncey, um, Danny, who actually works in like the craft academy side of Matrix, sorry. So um, I I was only there about 10 months and then we just got this feeling like we should move to St. George, Utah, which is five hours away. And mm-hmm. that's where my wife grew up and I it was a lot warmer. So... <laughs> I love that. That's always idea. inviting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So from California. I told the I told my owner, she was a little bit disappointed, but I moved down there and I actually got a job teaching like not even a year out of school. So wow. yeah. So um it was crazy. I was supposed like I was supposed to tell him like that I'd been graduated like two years. And I felt <laughs> really like torn in that case. Mm-hmm. Not because I I was like, oh, my gosh, I learned all these things from these educators and I can really give this like information. I'm so stoked. It was like not exactly the information that I was able to have in school. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm teaching, but I have no experience and really no way to communicate other than like visually how to do things. So. I only lasted like four months (laughs) because I was teaching and I could like, I could like, I under, I could under communicate the color concept pretty well. And, and I would show them, okay, but this is how you cut this. And they would be like, well, why do you cut it that way? And I'm like, I don't know, because some platform (laughs) 
platform artist that I love, like, showed me this trick and this is how she cuts all of her long layers and this is how you do it, right? They're like, but why? I'm but like, why? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't it's know. good, right? So I was, you're going you're gonna to learn my whole history, which is so embarrassing. Okay. Oh, I love it. So I was working at a salon, like a well-known salon in St. George called Lunatic Fringe. And then I was teaching at the school. And I just like, you know, it was, I, I didn't think I was a big shot. I was just blessed to like be in a good position. And I just, I had all this anxiety. So I was like, I, I, I'm not communicating correctly to these, these students. Like I'm still struggling with, with like, hopefully I don't mess up clients in the salon and Mm -hmm. I actually like, I quit. So Mm -hmm. I just, uh, I quit. And I remember, um, one of my other mentors telling him like, I quit. And he telling me is so disappointed in me. And I was like, Oh my Mm. gosh. And I actually went to school. I went back to college. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was like, I live in this little town. I don't know how to take care of my family. And I'm going to go back to college. Like, that's what people uh, do, right? That's what all my friends were doing. Um, And to back this up, like, when I was 19, and I and I pursued other things, um, I, my whole path of trying to figure out my life, um, I like took a, bu- a big hi- hiatus, I went and did music and, and other things. And then I um, actually went out and sold security. Um, wow. Yeah, because my dad is a plumber. <laughs> That's crazy. My dad's a plumber. And I grew up plumbing with my dad. And then he told me that I talked too much to be a plumber. And then <laughs> Um, that I really didn't want to do it. And it was cold. Yeah, it was cold yeah. outside. We did we did um, new construction, it was cold, but it was allowed me to play music. And like, I could go and work for my dad and I could bail and play music. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like, that was a big reason why I didn't go back to school was I was like, I had this great kind of quasi career of recruiting people during the day via text message while I was probably supposed to be plumbing and um, (laughs) going and playing music at night. And I was like, I don't want to do hair. That's like real life. And so, but I went out and sold security. I went to Florida. It was right after the economy tanked. That's when I got fired from my dad. Okay. Okay. And (laughs) it's like, well, well, I'm going to go to Florida. Like we just got married and I went out to Florida and I was there for a month. I sold one account uh, my very last week. And she was like an event planner and she really liked me. And I remember having her this big mural of uh, Bruce Springsteen on her like wall when you walked in. And she was like pissed at ADT because somebody tried to break into her house and they weren't monitoring her. And so she's like, I'm going with you. You showed up like I like you. And so I'm like, sweet, I'm going to bring this uh, skilled technician guy in to do all the talking for me. And then we're going to sign her up. So I bring this guy in and he starts talking to her, like smoozing her. And she's just like, Evan, I don't want to talk to this guy. Like you, Mm, you, mm. I want to talk to you. And I was just like, oh man, I don't even know what I'm doing. So I like soldered a security system. And at the very end, she was like, was I your first uh, sale? And I was like, yeah. And she was just like, I feel so bad for you. Like, it's like these people didn't even train you. And like, instead of being super stoked, 
I was like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm not doing this again. And I had this mentor when I was 18 who actually owns a hair school in, I think, Boise now, um, who I called and his name was Ren. And I was like, Ren, I think I'm going to do hair again. And he was like, yeah, dude, that could be cool. And and when I was <laughs> went to the community college, I only wanted to do these like edgy cuts that I made up myself because I didn't know how to do like structured cuts. Structured, yeah. That I like did on mannequins and paraded around and all the little old ladies would be like, oh, no, thank you. I don't think I want to. <laughs> no shit, that, right? right? So <laughs> I was like, I think that I'll do even do like some mom hair. Like, I think I'll even do some highlights and like some mom stuff. And he's like, yeah, man, that's the bread and butter of the industry and like lo and behold that's all I do but um (laughs) that's like what I love to do but um, right right so I like go back okay and and then I I enrolled in hair school so because I believe you asked me in the last before technical difficulties like what how did this you know what happened in between so what happened was I really had no idea like my band basically came to a halt and I just Mm. felt like I'm not money motivated. Like I have to do something that I enjoy. And so I enrolled back into hair school, which was huge. And honestly, a big blessing for me that I had had background before knew that I was dumb and didn't like learn anything. (laughs) And then I really tried to soak up everything my second go around. And so Mm. I did that and I went into hair school and then, okay, then I went into oh, 10 months of, of uh, training and being an assistant. And then I moved to St. George. And so I remember though, I went to this matrix, um, it was called like destination something. Uh, and I was just so, just felt so honored that they invited me. Right. And I went, it was like mm. a three day thing. And I was learning these cuts and still like Daniel Rodan, like, I love that guy. He was like Mm. leading the people. And I'm like, God, that guy's like, he knows what G star is. Like this guy is amazing. Um, (laughs) And I just remember like, this is so embarrassing, but I just remember crying after because I couldn't, Mm. I couldn't cut like that. And my, my, my owner mentor was like, you're trying to do something like you're out 10 months and these people have been out like, 10 plus years. Right. 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 So there's always my thing was like, Oh my gosh, I'm not good enough. And so fast forward, I start teaching and then I just, I quit, I quit everything. Okay. And I, I went back to college Wow. and I landscaped. Okay. Oh my God. I've had a lot of jobs. I love it. It's the best entrepreneurs is someone who's had a million different jobs. Yeah. So I landscaped and I met this man who was amazing and he had his master's in political science and he was a landscaper and we would talk about political science in between the jobs and he was an adjunct at the college and I was like, I'm going to be a professor. And he was just like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. You're like, they don't make a lot of money, you know? And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. Like, that's what I'm going to do now. Like, I love learning. I'm going to be a professor. And I remember he like saw that I could cut these uh, jojoba trees super sweet. And so <laughs> he, 
he was like sending me to all these rich houses to like do these crazy jobs. Like you'd see this way overgrown hedge and he's like, and this is what I want you to make. So I'd go out to these really rich people's houses and I'd spend hours and hours like pruning their hedges. Okay. And Edward Scissorhands. Right. 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 So we're sitting at Dairy Queen, which is like a food place. Oh and, yeah. I'm familiar. Okay. Okay. And he was like, why aren't you doing hair? And I just said, you know, I just don't want people to not like what I do. Mm. And he was just like, yeah, it's big. yeah. And he was just, he was like, well, do you think everybody likes what I do? And I'm just like, man, you're Bruce. You're like the greatest gardener I've ever met in my life. And you like have these degrees and you like, you know what I mean? And, and so he was mm-hmm. like, I really think you should think about it again. And so then I, I, I started renting a booth one day a week and then I, I, I ended up quitting Bruce with his blessing. And then, <laughs> um, and then I called up, um, or no, my buddy was working at Paul Mitchell at the front desk and he needed an out. And so he was like, dude, do you want to work at front, the front desk? And I was like, yeah, I know a little bit about hair. Like I'll work at the front desk. So <laughs> So I was working like one day a week doing hair behind the chair. And then I was going to college and I was working at the front desk at Paul Mitchell. And I didn't, I told the lady that hired me, Hey, I have a degree. Just don't tell anybody. Like, I just (laughs) want to do my thing. Like, and so I knew how to, you know, check people out. Oh yeah. Haircut. Oh, you need a perm, like make the appointments. And then I would watch these people do hair and they were great, but I'm just like, I wanted to say something and I just, and they'd be, and so after a while I'd be like, Hey, why don't you do this? And then they're like, who is this guy that works at the front desk? And I was like, (laughs) I was like, I do hair. And they're like, no, you don't. And I was like, yeah, let me show you these pictures on Facebook. And they're like, what? And so I worked at the front desk for like a year and a half, maybe two years. And then they were like, why don't you teach? And I was like, no, I don't really want to teach. And they're like, yeah, you should teach. And it was a considerable bump in pay. And so I had, I think, two and a half kids. And so I was like, wow. I was like, yeah, all right, I guess I'll teach. So I taught and I was thrown into phase two. And uh, I didn't really have any like experience, but I did know how to like, like, I don't know, translate what I knew how to do to them. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I could, I could follow the cards. And um, as I kind of like went through college, like I just looked at the cards, I could check off things, I could obviously teach them how to do things. And then with phase two, they're more advanced. So I would say, why are you doing the highlight this way? And they would tell me and I'd be like, well, let's look at it this way. And so mm-hmm. I don't know if I was the greatest for them, because I was kind of changing their, uh, their uh, model but right but um i had a really great time with those those students and but i knew that like my college time was coming to an end and i um actually started shopping other jobs and i had zero experience in any of these other jobs like i was like oh maybe i'll work for nestle as a whatever and then i'll <laughs> like i'll drive a truck and then i'll move up into whatever and it was like oh all, my god all my experience was in hair right like I yeah put, i put out my resume well there's some other things too but 
I actually was an armored truck driver as well. Oh for, my god! For Loomis, yeah, I, I had a gun. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> so anyway, so these are things that I was like, I'm just not going to mention these. Only, only have hair, basically. And so then I was like, I'm not going to get a job. I have a degree in communication, which is cool, but I'm not going to get a job anywhere. And I felt like I was one of the more skilled people in St. George at that point. And I just felt like I really don't even still don't really even know what I'm doing. Right. And, and so I, um, I actually like this. Oh my gosh. There's, I just have so much information. I apologize. Not kind of by random. I contacted the salon in Missouri. Um, and it's actually because of my love of architecture. I follow Dwell Magazine. Uh-huh. And they posted this couple's modern farmhouse. Mm. And they looked so cool. And lo and behold, they're salon owners. And this is like mm. the very beginning of Instagram. So I stalked them. And then I called them. <laughs> I called them. And I was like, hey, I would love to come out and work for you. And they were just like, what? And so... I went out there and I auditioned Wow! and my owner was like, like, yeah, there's probably like 15 things I could fix on you right now. But (laughs) he liked me. He took a chance on me. And we had, we, our, our daughter was like maybe one at that point. So that was three children. Uh, Like maybe 10 days later, they called me and said, Hey, um, this is crazy, but we're right about to hit our busy time. It was right before Halloween. And they're like, if you want the job, like, come on out. And so we moved, like we packed our whole house up in a week and we moved to Missouri and we got there on Halloween of 2014. And, um, and I went to work on Monday and, and that actually was the biggest turning point for me. Like, that's when I actually was like, I'm all in. I didn't have any other side job like and I this guy mentored me he went to Vidal Sassoon and he just little things like he's like you know what I have ADD and I don't know if anybody's ever told you but you have ADD yeah and he was like I'm gonna help you dial in like we're gonna put your tray on this side Mm. because I was like working like a right-handed person but like putting my tray and crossing my arms and doing all these things. And he was just like, we were fixing you or like I was blow drying and, and I don't blow dry maybe like the way that you would learn in school, but I learned the way that he blow dried. And he said, all right, I want you to get eight models. Like I went to all these coffee shops, found all these models. And he's like, I want befores wow. and afters. And my whole day, my eight hour day was um, an hour a piece. I had to do blow drying and in the beginning, he like sat with me and he said, okay. And he, he picked it up with his left hand and showed me how to wrap it around my round brush. And, and, and so I really went through this boot camp of God, that's awesome. Yeah. And he was so cool. And like the saddest, like ending kind of is I just like, I thrived. Like there were, there were five colleges there. And so, um, I went to the downtown location and I worked at the call with the college people and I just did so many haircuts, so many long bobs, which was the thing. <laughs> and I had so much fun, but the thing was, is, um, I've grown up with this depression my whole life. 
Mm-hmm. And I never like had, I experienced it so bad out there. Like the anxiety, wow. the growing was so phenomenal, but the depression and anxiety that came with the growing was mm. hard for me. And so like, I remember it's really embarrassing, but I, mm. my, like my wife liked it out there, but she was born and raised in St. George. And so she didn't like love it. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, I love this place. And, but I just, I, I always, I felt like, oh my gosh, I don't think we're going to be here forever. And, yeah. and my mentor was like, he worked in LA and then he moved back to um, Springfield to like really give back to that community. And I thought I'm learning so much from this guy and ah, it makes me want to do that. And so I felt guilty mm-hmm. because I felt like I really wanted to do this, but I just, I love that family so much. And I was so grateful for what they did for me. Yeah. And then I just hit this super low, like um, depression. And I went to the doctor cause I'm on, um, um, prescription, uh, Prozac or whatever. Okay. Okay. So I went to the doctor. I mean, I'm pretty open about it and good. And, uh, and I said, you know, I'm really struggling and they gave me this other medicine to like supplement. Okay. And so I started taking this other medicine and this is the only thing, like, I don't know, maybe I'm a weak individual, but I started getting like hyper anxious and I would yeah. be like doing hair and then I would go like lay on the floor in the back room. Oh, babe. So I was just like shaking, like shaking yeah. with anxiety. And I just felt so bad because this guy had invested so much into me and I like had such a love for him and I couldn't like, like I couldn't perform. And, and, right, I, right, and right. I think he wanted me to take over for him eventually mm. and I, I couldn't do it. And and I was, we were learning this, like this Sassoon Bob. And I started doing this on a mannequin and I was just shaking and, and, uh, and I was like about to cry. And I remember him pulling me aside and said, I think it's time, man. Like, I think you're done. Wow. And I was just like, what? And he was like, I think you're done. Cause I had to- asked him a couple times, do you think I could, you know, like go home? And he was like, what are you talking about? Right. And he was like, I think you're done. And I, and, and I only made it like seven months in Missouri. And we, wow. we packed up our entire house again in a week. And we drove back to St. George. And I lived with my in-laws for a couple months, like in their basement. And I was so depressed. And I like, oh, man. I like got off. I went and like went and checked on that medicine and they were like, well, a third of people experience the hyper anxiety. And I was like, Oh, they're like, so stop taking that. Um, And so I kind of like got off that and got my bearings a little bit. Like I did not want to do hair. Okay. Again, again, I was like, I'm not doing this. Like I, I failed like this, this, these people. And so I, I started like working a little bit behind the chair and I like went to H&M in Vegas and bought a suit and I started interviewing for all these jobs, like at a furniture place, at a car rental place. And I just, I hated it. They're asking me things I like, bet, I bet. they were like, sell this pen. And I'm like, what? Oh, God. Like, why are you guys so stupid? Like, 
Oh. I do not want to sell this pen. I just need a job. Like I just need to take care of my family. And so I, I, I like was doing, still doing like hair, like, like, cause actually thankfully, and I don't even know how some of my clients came back to me mm. because they love you. Yeah. So no, it wasn't. Well, I was there from October to July. So like nine months. So it was like long enough that they hadn't forgot about me, but so I had these clients and I was like renting a spot and I was working a little bit, but I was just like, I can't take care of my family. And so yeah, yeah. my friend suggested that I apply to uh, Walmart has a distribution center here. And I applied and I got the job and it was like starting at 4am and I would throw Oof. boxes. So you basically have the boxes full of sweatshirts and then you throw them on a conveyor belt and then, excuse me somebody sorts them and i would do the throwing okay? okay so i started this job still doing a little bit of hair and so tuesday through friday i would throw these boxes and sometimes we throw like three thousand boxes a day Whoa. no air conditioning um wow. like at least 10 hours sometimes or it's just whenever you were done so I was doing hair on Monday and Friday and it became very apparent, very quick. I had to stop doing that. So I was just like, I cannot do this forever. And my dad was like actually really excited. Cause he's like, man, you, you've got a degree, like you could work into management. And I was just like, I don't know that I'm going to be able to survive. Like I hate waking up in the morning. Right, I try to, right. I try to go to bed. I cannot be awake. And then I had to throw all these boxes and then I would go and do hair. And so I moved into a studio. I moved out of like the salon I was at, rented a studio and I just started booking everybody that I could. And so I would do work and then I'd get off like around like four or five. And then I would start doing hair like around five or six, depending on when I got off. And, And then I would work sometimes to like one in the morning. And then I'd go back to bed and then come and work and do hair again. And so I had this, um, I had this uh, manager who like found out I did, I did hair and she was so amazing. And there was all these like point system on how you like how many infractions you could get before you got fired. And we <laughs> basically would like game plan like every week about how many dings I could get before I could get fired. And so she would like be like, yeah, just call in today or like planning your demise. Yes. Yeah. So like the last three months of working there, cause I, I actually built a clientele fast enough in seven months that I was able to quit. Wow. And those last three months I was ding so many times. And I actually think it was like April time that I came down to do some business of balayage thing. I was like, hey, yeah. I'm ta- I'm oh, like, actually I- that was. I don't know. The summit was in January. Remember that? Well, there was like when you came down for your training, I went and did like another thing that I was like, like maybe when I first like met them. Right. Mm -hmm, And I was mm -hmm. like, and my boss was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm going to get more training. And I like took off a bunch of days and like, I knew how many I could get before I could get fired. And then I was so like, I didn't want to like let my parents know And so Mm -hmm, (laughs) I just mm -hmm. quit my job and then they found out on Facebook or Instagram when I was like, oh, hey, I'm (laughs) I'm I'm in California. No, or like, hey, I'm opening my books more. 
I'm going full time. And I went full time into the studio. Like I was like, this is how much XXX of how I have to make to feed my family. Like, this is what I'm going to do. And I just went full bore. And that's like, when I like mostly started doing more business of balayage and when I started actually like um, going to all these classes and that is kind of like what, not necessarily cause I already, I had was already kind of rejuvenated a little, but it basically saved me to meet all mm. these people through Instagram. Wow. Like when I first got back from Missouri, I'd been talking to this guy in um in LA that had been doing hair that actually kind of did hair in Kansas City and that's how I found him and I had been saying like hey I'd love to come and shadow you and and at one point I wasn't even working like doing hair but I didn't want to like I'd done all that investing in like the relationship Mm. and I didn't want to be like and when he was finally like yeah man you can come down I didn't want to be like oh, no, I'm not going to do it. And so I told my wife, like, this is how much money I need. Like, I'm going to go down. And I went in and he was the first person, um, his name's Eric Hagen, who, who, like, was my first, like, Instagram, I, who I met and who took me in for the day. And, mm-hmm. and that's where I was like, oh, well, there's like more ways to learn. He had come from Vidalsa soon also, but he was like kind of a little more free form now. And mm. where when I was in Missouri, it was a little more structured because I was like, oh, yeah, like kind of didn't want to say like, oh, yeah, I had a little bit of like mentoring from someone for Vidalsa soon. And then I didn't mm-hmm. want him to be like kind of judging me. And he, right, he, di- right. he didn't. He was just like, I'm going to show you how I balayage. This is how I do this. And then I just caught the bug and I, then I started doing business of balayage stuff. And then I met you and then I just did a ton of classes. Um, And then I moved into my studio was like, I don't even know. You could maybe fit like a full bed in there. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know dimensions. And then I moved from that to maybe a king size bed with, and this other girl and then this other girl got pregnant and then I was like what am I gonna do so I subbed it out and got another girl who actually stayed with me and moved over to our new salon so like that was almost a year we've been I opened a new salon which was insane like I don't even right I don't even don't even know how that happened well now listening to my story <laughs> like I I, I I carried a revolver and and like protected money at one point in my life. Yeah. And cut hedges. And cut hedges. And now I own a salon. <laughs> so yeah, like I had. And you're a social influencer. Oh my gosh. I oh guess. my God. Not really? I don't know. Yes, you are. I just, oh gosh, that's a. That... Not to mention an incredible stylist when it comes to photo work. Oh, I mean, so let's get real. Whatever. Let's get real. I have a struggle with that part, but, um, I love talking to people. And so it's so hard to like, mm-hmm. like I, I'm awkward. Okay. And yes. So like, and people, they just know I'm awkward. So like when I take photos, nobody really wants their photo taken. And then I'm yeah, awkward yeah. anyway. So I make them more awkward. Like I'm like, okay, now move your head. And they're just like, uh, and then I'll like grab their face and move it. 
And so I already <laughs> make it like so awkward for them. So well, it never looks awkward on Instagram, well, just so you know. Well, that's good. Obviously, you know that because you keep posting <laughs> pictures. <laughs> well, I have to be honest. Some of it is like the different assistants and girls that have been working with me too. So mm. they've really picked up like my vision. Like I'm really, I've been influenced by like, um, like Samuel Allen, who's a really dear friend of mine and like Eric Hagen and those people. And I loved their look, um, Garrett Markinson who does reverie. And so I like mm-hmm, showed mm-hmm. these, showed these girls, like these are things that I love. And like for a while I just watch over them and they would like move people around cause they, they could communicate. Like I will, I tell them like, my, I'm like Moses. I'm old and slow of speech and they are Aaron. <laughs> They're my, my voice and they will direct and they know how to communicate even though I have a communication degree. And so right. like, I just kind of sit <laughs> and direct and they like Perfect. know what to do. And um, yeah, so we grew from like three chairs in this other studio. To, we have six chairs now. Um, we have nine. It's a beautiful studio. I love it. Thank you. And we have nine s- stylists, which I didn't know until just barely. Um, I thought we had eight. <laughs> Someone just informed me there's nine of us. And uh, it's been so much fun. Like I, my environment is, is pretty laid back. It's very chill. Um, I've worked in three um really bougie salons I would say mm, and mm-hmm. I love them and they definitely had a place but I am not that person so I always like feel like I stuck out like even in my first salon we had a grand piano and my owner was like why don't Whoa. yeah and she was like why don't you wear uh, a shirt and tie and I'm just like wearing like a low-cut v-neck from Urban Outfitters and I'm just like I don't <laughs> I don't want to do that and um and so I just wanted to create an environment that, um, not that this is bad, but more centered on the stylist. And I, t- mm-hmm. I say this and it sounds so bad when I say this, but I said, I say, this is more about us and less about you. And the client is mm-hmm. like, what? And I'm like, okay, hey, listen, in all the other salons, it's more about the client. It's less about the stylist. And then mm-hmm. the stylist, like, if they, they if they quit, they're like, well, we don't care about you. The client comes because of the salon, right? Mm-hmm. And that's how the that's why the stylist quits because the stylist is like, I don't feel appreciated. I'm like, like we built this culture, and I'm just like a, a pawn in the culture, right? Mm. And so we play sometimes music that we're like, oh, we probably shouldn't have played that. Let's skip it. Um, and we like have fun conversation and we're not very big. So you can hear everyone and everything. Sometimes <laughs> I, have, I have to be the grumpy dad and be like, guys, this is not very big. Can we just be a little bit quieter? I really have done that before. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like, I try really hard to make sure that all the stylists that work with me are happy. Um, and we try to get their input and I just really work with them and, like 80% of them have actually assisted me in some capacity. And so they like Mm. understand how I operate and how I do hair. And I just am like, it, I feel like the, um, the product of the stylist being happy is actually a happy client. Like 
I actually think then the, the, the stylist wants to come to work. The stylist wants to like love what they're doing and they're not like right. super bummed out. Like, Oh yeah. Like this is my chosen career. It was like, this is what I want to do. I've done a million other things. I'm coming. I love highlighting. This is what I'm going to do. And so all I like, farm out I don't like doing vivids for example so it's like mm -hmm. if I have a client and they're like hey I want a vivid I'm like you know what Taylor is amazing or Jordan's amazing or Andrew is amazing and they're and and at the beginning the stylist and the client would be like is this for real like you're like is this feels weird that you're sending me to someone right. else I'm like, right and you're right yeah here. <laughs> and I'm like the only thing I want to do is natural hair and like mm. and but then they develop this like super close relationship with that person and then I come in and it's like oh hey how are you and it's like well what's up and there's no like like I'm not important it was just like right I wasn't right. gonna be it's a family of hairdressers yeah, I wasn't gonna be happy a collective right yeah I wasn't gonna be yeah. happy doing that so I right am not gonna do it and that girl is super stoked to be doing it so I just got her so the client feels that yeah it just bleeds into everything. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of like, I guess, you know, I, I, that's been my mantra. And then like that with, you know, to, to kind of wrap things up, I, yeah, I just, I really try to focus on the, on the stylist. I love the art and the mm -hmm. creation of natural hair. I'm obsessed with Australia actually. Yeah, me too. Yes. So um, I do a lot of following of people in Australia and yeah. we just kind of like it's beachy deserty and we yep. have a beachy deserty vibe and that's just what we are. And I, I have no idea what we're going to like. We don't have any plan really other than we're getting custom foils made. <laughs> custom foils made like what? Do they have a desert print? On yes. Them? Okay. A little. Are you ready for this? A little cactus. Yes. Yes. Actually. <laughs> no yes. Way. Yes. So, foil me from Australia. I've been using their their foils for like two years. I swear by them, and they custom made. They should be out before Christmas. They have our logo on the box, and they're gold. Oh my Gold gosh. foils with green cactuses. Shut no, up. No, that's I love that's it. what gets me excited in the morning. <laughs> that's awesome. The most ridiculous oh, thing ever. I love it. I thought it's such an amazing idea. I had no idea that that was something. Yeah, yeah. That that was a thing. They they custom for some people in Australia, and I asked them, and they were like, "Yeah." And so, and people are like, "Foils? Like you throw them away?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's awesome. They're gonna be gold <laughs> with green cactuses." Oh my goodness. Like that's, and everyone's stoked at the salon. They're like, when are our foils coming? I'm like, I, before yeah, Christmas, yeah. I promise they're coming. So, other than that, we just kind of like just kick it and everybody kind of comes when they want. And we do, we're booth rent, but we, we share in commission of retail. Um, so, I feel mm -hmm. like that like um, keeps us very like team oriented, but everybody mm -hmm. kind of like, they run their own schedule. They run their own ship, but everybody takes care of each other. Like sometimes we'll do classes where we'll say like, Hey, I love what you've been doing with this, like face framing. What are you doing? Right. And we'll just mm -hmm. throw it out to each other in the salon. We just try to keep it pretty casual because we all have families. And so, um, 
you know, I you know, have four kids. So, yeah. So trying, trying to balance that, but I have an amazing wife. So that's the biggest secret. Um, <laughs> and that's it's your secret power. She's, she's awesome. So that's pretty, that's yeah, pretty much yeah. it. But we're like 10 minutes under five. What do you got for um, me? Yeah. So, so tell me, I, you know, obviously it's, this is burnout intervention kind of, you know, self-care advocacy and, and how, how are you managing your, your state of being now? You know, what do you do? I, you know, I get on you about taking care <laughs> of yourself. <laughs> so, okay. So you and I talk a lot because I do have depression. Like I wrote an article for destroy the hairdresser. Um, about mm. depression, about my depression, um, and didn't actually get as exposed about my Missouri thing, but um, it was definitely a sting in my career. Um, and like how sweet you are to say you think I'm so great. I don't think I'm good. I really struggle hard thinking that right. I actually am a good hairdresser. Like, and sometimes I want to message my my team and be like, guys, do you think I do a good job? And I have, right. I have before and they're like, <laughs> what are you doing? And so I try to keep it to myself, but the biggest thing is, um, I really just try to like, I go through periods of keeping blinders on, I guess, hmm. because the horse can't win the race if it's like looking at the other horse. Right. Like I, I totally. love everybody, even in my community, but sometimes I have to like, put the blinders on for a minute and say, this mm -hmm. is what I'm doing. Like, I'm glad that people like what I'm doing, but like, there's so many others out there and I'm just so blessed to have clients, but I have to like pull right, myself right. out and be like, okay, this is what I'm doing. Not get into the comparison. Yeah, I yeah. kind of I'm just going to yeah. try to do it well. That's like a big thing for me. Um, another thing is like, I really love music. So like mm -hmm. I, you know, the very end of work, um, like I said, because we are more about the stylist, a lot of the times I play like skate punk, like lag wagon <laughs> and like no effects, like at the very end of the day. Oh my gosh. It's like a, my like 20 something year old client is getting her hair cut to like no effects album or something. Um, so we, we keep it real that way. Um, I read a lot. I really enjoy reading. Mm. Um, and I go to the thrift store and I just pick out any book that I think is interesting. And then I read them. So actually right now I'm reading a book called The Way of Success, which is kind of like a spiritual mm. meshed with like self-help, if that makes sense. Totally. Yeah, so yeah. It's Love kind it. of like in a little bit different in the sense of like, hey, well, spiritually you need to like, feed your soul and then you can like also like be successful that way so I've been doing a lot of just trying to do that um I've actually started going to the gym which is crazy so <laughs> I have this client that is like a workout machine and so she inspired mm, me great so I've been running I run two miles every time I go to the gym and I probably go two to three times a week, not every day. It's great. But I good, good, actually good. went from like 210 pounds, which is huge for me, just because I'm like a skinny frame. It was all stomach um, to like <laughs> 182. So 
Nice. And I started taking vitamins and I started doing all these things because I'm like, man, I, I really was like, I was getting so burnt out in the sense yeah. of just like not wanting. It wasn't that I didn't want to work. It was that I just felt terrible. Felt shitty all the yeah. time. Yeah. And so that was my big thing is I think I had to do a bunch of little things. Um, yep. And I'm 33 now, which is, you know, it's not that old, but it's God, old. you're so young. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Older than my 20s. It's older now that I take, I take fruits and vegetable vitamins every morning. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get it in there. I'm 15 servings. I tell my, my daughter. Right? That's awesome. So I think that my biggest thing is like, I think like putting the blinders on every sec, every little bit. And then I actually, oh man, I don't, don't hold me to this, but I, I have this vision <laughs> for like a collection I want to do this year. I think Ooh. it was just something you have to find your thing. Right. And yeah, I completely and agree. create and not get like ups, like, like so caught up in the Instagram because mm-hmm. it, it'll it'll change someday and and life existed before the gram and just really enjoy like the clients you have and then and then take days off and I don't know like usually because I take yeah. like at least two days off I'll I'll take a nap <laughs> That's great. I love to take a nap <laughs> so that would be my biggest thing is I think you just have to take inventory of yourself and you really need to like yes say, man, you were going crazy and you gained like 30 pounds this year. And you like, I had a thing with my eye that bummed me out, but mm. now like, is it twitching or what was going <laughs> on? No, I wish. Oh, sorry. Um, okay. So yeah. And then I don't want to, you don't, you don't no, have I'll to t- go into it. Well, if you don't want I to. just feel like I'm taking all your time. So I'll be quick. Um, this is a big thing of not taking time for yourself. I, I've worn yeah. contacts since I was a kid and I would take my contacts out to sleep, but I wouldn't take them out like to take a nap or something. I just wasn't mm. being responsible. And I would like wear right. them longer. They're monthly ones, but sometimes I'd wear them like a month and a half. Cause I'm like, I don't want to spend the money. So right. I had this, I thought was an allergy in my eye, which turned out to be an ulcer. And one of my eyes. My husband had that. Yeah, my husband had that too. He wears contacts and right. same thing. So, yeah, it's really yeah. painful. And so I went to the doctor and he was like, Well, you have scarring on this other eye. And I was like, What? Yeah. And he was like, Yeah, you have this thing. I think it's called panis, which basically I had this little cloudy spot at the bottom of my eye. And then mm. he was like, Well, if you, you can't wear contacts again. And so I just had to stop wearing contacts. Well, yeah. fast forward three months. I hadn't been wearing contacts and my eye was getting a little bit fuzzy and I actually, I I didn't go in, I didn't take care of it. And now I actually have um, scarring. I had an infection that healed Mm. and took care of itself, but I have scarring on the inside of my cornea and I can only see like 20, 40 out of one eye. And I was so bummed because the doctor was, he was like, you might have to have, a transplant and he was like but the yeah it's like the veins in your eye are so like big that like we can't do it and he's like you might go blind in that eye and I like was like holy crap I'm not yeah I'm like this is what we do for a living and yeah yeah luckily 
it's recessed a little bit and I can still see well out of it. It just is like a cloudy mirror. Right. Mm. But it scared me. It scared me because I didn't, I didn't take care of myself. I didn't, I didn't take time off. And, and uh, because I, you know, when I took time off, it was just hanging out with my family and hanging out with my kids. And I really didn't do anything for me, which, which, it's not a bad thing, but when it came to things of like health, I just didn't, I just didn't care. And so I guess my biggest advice mm-hmm. would be um, those little things I think were, is the biggest like lesson to me this year was if I hate going to the gym, but like, like <laughs> I quit the gym before at, when I was skinny and my, my reason was too skinny. Uh, so <laughs> like, but it's been good. Like, I feel better. Like this morning, I even woke up at yeah. 730 and was like, what the heck? Like, I, I don't, this is weird. Like, why am I awake? <laughs> and so yeah. for burnout, I would say that. And I think like finding back into, and I'll leave on this note is like, you got to find some kind of like purpose. Because yes. I feel like hair is amazing. But there's so much out there, so many amazing people out there. And if you don't have a purpose, you're just like so bummed out. Well, it just becomes a job, yeah. you know, and and if we don't, that's my whole thing is finding other creative outlets to, con- you know, to continue to grow our creative nature. We have to find other creative outlets rather than because it's, it becomes obligatory, it becomes, you know, um, something that we have to do because it's our job and then we lose passion for it or we lose like you said that that deep desire that deep um, you know motivation it needs to to come from different places like I think you you know scattering your artwork all over these places with music and the photography it it feeds your yeah. soul yeah no and I think that that's so I think that that is a big thing yeah you've got to you've really got to figure out And I think my thing is that I thought, well, my clients are going to be so like upset with me if I take an extra Mm. day off. Right. Because I went down to sometimes I take three, sometimes I take two. But I thought they're going to be so mad that I can't get them in. And I find that they really don't Mm. care. Like, I think that they would rather me be happy doing their hair. Um Exactly. Right. Then being like, oh, you couldn't get me in the day that I demanded it. You're, they're like, no, we're glad that you like went to the doctor or like this weekend I'm doing hair in San Francisco. It's like they're like, oh, that's so cool. And you learn this new thing and then you're bringing it back. Mm-hmm. Like, I just right. felt like they would be so upset with me. And they really aren't. They're like, yeah, we have hobbies, too. Go figure. Mm-hmm. Right. Go figure. Well, and it's a really interesting. I was just speaking with some hairdressers this morning about how hard it is to have healthy boundaries. Right. Because it is a very intimate relationship. There's no way that you cannot have a personal relationship with the people that you work right. on when you're doing their hair over and over and over again. You're touching their head. You're, you know, recycling energy. You're transferring, you know, emotions. And for us to not have, um, you know, healthy boundaries, it it can start to influence our relationship and what we think that we're, you know, capable or not capable of doing for them. And it's so mixed. It's really hard for us to create language around what we 
are responsible for and what we are not with our right. clients. I totally agree. And sorry, I, kn- I know I said one last thing, but no, no, okay. no we're good. That really made me think about um, online booking, honestly, has done so mm-hmm. much for me. So, such right. a good point. Very, very and good point. I think yeah. as, as creatives, we want to be in control. And I had a friend that, oh man, three years ago was like, you need to get on Gen Book. I'm like, no. I want to know. I want to do a consultation through mm-hmm. the text <laughs> for five hours until I know what they're going to want, right? And he's like, no, they, oh they book in your sleep and you can move on. <laughs> you can move on with your day. And I'm like, no, I want to know. And so I, I was just so caught up in, I want to know every detail yeah. about what that client is going to say and going to do before they sit in my seat. And now I, this could be a bad thing. I completely just leave it out to like the universe. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I have no idea. Like my consultation is, what do you want to do today? And the client is like, yeah. what? I'm like, yeah, what do you want to do? And they're like, oh, um, I want to do this. And I'm like, okay. It's like a very bad consultation, but that's what I do. And then most of the time I know I'm blonding or whatever, but I let them book online. I actually feel like the percentage of your clientele and bookings go up because mm-hmm. they can, they can, yeah. you don't do the back and forth. Right. And then, but in the very beginning that I had to say like, okay, here's my link. I need you to go here. Right. And I would, and right, I would right. say like, I could book it for you, but here's my link. And they would be like, Oh yeah, just give me your link. And it was really hard in the beginning. And now I have so much more time with my family. Like I hardly ever have anybody text me to, to book. And when they do, it's not that big of a deal because it's very rare now. And so that was what I was going to say. I don't remember exactly why you made me think about that, but no, it's the boundaries thing. You know, I think that is, it's part of establishing boundaries that are creating, you know, the understanding that this is my business. Yes, we have a personal relationship, but there are certain, you know, things that you can and cannot uh, take from me, you know, and that, that time aside from the time that they spend in your chair, you know, that's your time. And then my last, last, last thing, okay? And then we can be done. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I think actually I, when I moved into, from a studio back to a salon, this is just my experience. When I was in a studio, I, I'm, I can't remember what that's called. Like, will you like just take people's energy? Um, Transference. Yeah, and I just like, it was me and these women and, and I would get all these stories and I'd come home so sad. Like, mm-hmm. like, Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. like these, these men, like I, I hate these men, you know? <laughs> oh, and, honey. And, yeah. And actually like, I thought I feel so good going back to a salon because we really like, we do have intimate conversation, but not as much and not as deep. And it's mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. that I had to learn, like, I love you as a client and I love you as a person, but I can't take all your stuff. Like, I right. can't, I Good. can't survive as a person. Right. So actually, it did help me so much to go back out mm. of a studio because I just, then I stopped hearing like about 
what the husbands were doing or what this was happening because it was more open and, and people don't necessarily feel comfortable talking about all that stuff all out in the open all the time. Mm -hmm. And, and that just, you know, it, it actually, I was able to create a little more lightness and that definitely, um, you know, just speaking on boundaries that just, I wanted to be so connected to them to the point where I would just, I'd come home and lay in my bed and just be like, I can't, like, I can't function anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know how much investigating you've done around you know, being an empath or being highly sensitive, but I would imagine you are. And, um, and that's, you know, you've created uh, a nonverbal boundary that's appropriate for right. you. And that's such an important lesson to learn. And you probably wouldn't have known had you done it the other way right. around. So, you know, it's, it's so great. It sounds to me like I love listening to people's stories because I get to see all of the, the miracles along the way. And I get to see all of the, you know, the people that were placed in your life at that perfect time to give you exactly what you needed to move on, to move forward, to move, you know, into that power. I mean, you're, you're a hairdresser, <laughs> you can't deny it. You yeah. know? And, and, and they say that, you know, there's, there's something about, you know, people who are, um, meant you know to be on a path that they'll they'll get beaten up until they're done they're doing what god's wanted them to do sure. all along yeah you know well so i'm i'm so glad that you finally <laughs> you know figured it out and and put you know put all your eggs in one basket because i can't imagine being spread out like that um oh my god i i you know the amount of energy that you were putting out into the world trying to to do all these different things it's incredible yeah it was crazy and i just wanted to say like thank you for taking the time to interview me i like i said i'm mm. not i don't you know my life my, my journey was a mess and so like i really didn't want to put that out there but maybe it would be good but i really like i was like okay india she wants to talk to me for some reason. And <laughs> when I met you, I just thought you were so cool. You radiated light. You're just such a neat person. Mm, thank and you. And then just throughout the the last little bit, we've, you know, I've been able to lean on you. So thank you so much for taking the time because, you know, with technical difficulties and everything, we just ate like I know. two hours. I'm so glad. Two hours of your life. And I'm so sorry about that. Oh my God. Don't you dare say uh, I'm sorry. It's worth every oh, second. And, and, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I have no idea, you know, when we meet someone, what that relationship might transpire, you know, become yeah. in, in the end. And I'm so grateful that I get to be in contact with you Thank as you. much as I do yeah. and, um, and get to see your life flourish in the way that it has. So, and, you know, your story is a success as a result of you being able to, to, transcend what was you know a really difficult time in your life and uh and i'm so grateful that the medication didn't push you over the edge and that you were able to find out what you know works for you right. and um and that in and of itself is a miracle yeah, totally okay well thank you so much i i uh I look forward to seeing what you're up to next in san francisco i know you? right and i need a plan of time to come down and visit so Yes, please do. And Evan, will you please tell the listeners where they can find yeah, you? Yeah, so um, my Instagram is at Evan Stowers. So it's E-V-A-N-S-T-O-W-E-R-S. -E and then my uh, salons is at um, Desert Lounge Salon, 
I hope that's right, to be honest. <laughs> okay. I'll make sure I get it right with the uh when I when I add on the the closing for the okay, episode. Okay, cool. Yeah. And and and, and it, um I apologize for uh, mispronouncing oh, you're your name. Fine. It's every everybody does it, so I'm not even worried about it. Okay. Thank you. Well, tell your family I appreciate you devoting uh some time to this and and have a wonderful evening. Okay, okay? thanks so much, India. All See right, ya. take care. Bye.